Good evening. For those who do not know, I am Drew Barnes. I am one of the elders here at Meadows. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to open the Word of God this evening. We live in a crazy world, is a phrase that I hear quite often, especially in the last few years and in these last few months. What a crazy world we live in. Not just globally, not just in our country, not just in our cities, but even in our homes. It feels like this world may just be falling apart at the seams. Whether it's political, whether it's social, it doesn't matter. It feels like we're in some crazy times. For some, we may try to escape this craziness whether that's through drugs or alcohol or escaping on phones and just scrolling through Instagram for three, four, five, six hours a day, or watching Netflix all day long. For others, it may be, no, we need to press even harder into certain things, whether that's family, whether that's work, whether that's um, causes to support and get behind. We all are trying to figure out how to survive the craziness of this world. And if we're honest, the more we try to either press into something or escape, the moment we catch our breath and we can see what's going on, we realize this craziness isn't going away. In fact, it seems to be getting even more crazier by the minute. Well, this craziness isn't something new. In fact, as we've been going through the book of Matthew, and we'll be in the book of Matthew tonight, we meet crazy. In fact, we meet insane madman, King Herod. In Matthew chapter 2, he talks about King Herod. He goes and unpacks who he is, and if you haven't yet, Mark Hoffman uh, did a wonderful sermon a couple weeks ago on King Herod and the tyrant he was, the madman he was, the crazy man he was. He would go to great lengths to make sure that his kingship would stay intact. If any threat came to him, He made sure to end it. So much so that he even would kill and murder his own family just to make sure his kingdom and his kingship was not threatened. Well, if you've been with us in the book of Matthew, and we've been introduced to another character, Jesus, And we see that Matthew, in chapters 1 and 2, there's so much Christology. He talks about this Jesus so much. He says, Jesus, in Matthew 1, 1, Jesus the Christ. This is the title to Jesus, that He is anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the one who has come to save. He's also given the title of Son of David, Son of Abraham, two Old Testament figures that God gave a promise, a covenant to. 
special covenant to Abraham and to David, and especially to David who is a king over Israel. And he says to David, your throne will reign forever and ever. And Jesus is the one who's supposed to sit upon that throne forever and ever. So even within the first verse of Matthew, we see that Jesus is the anointed one. He is the king. He is the one who has come to fulfill everything that has been prophesied about him. If we keep on going in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Matthew again tells us that this Jesus is the Messiah, meaning he is the one who has come to save. And later on, Matthew specifies what he has come to save us from. He has come to save us from our sins. If we keep reading, another name given to Jesus is this name Emmanuel. God with us. Oh, what a wonderful name that is. And that's just all in chapter 1. We get to chapter 2, verses 2, 1 through 12. This is the uh, chapters that Mark uh, preached on. And we see the emphasis here is that this Jesus, who is the Messiah, who's the one who has come to save, is also the true king. Not Herod, Jesus. We keep going. Last week, unfortunately, I was out sick, and I'm thankful for this team, and I'm thankful for Mark Barnes, my dad, who was able to step in at last minute and preach this sermon, knowing that this isn't an easy text, um, but he was faithful to the text. And in this, in uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, Matthew quotes Hosea, an Old Testament prophet. And he says this, out of Egypt I call my son. And this is significant here. What Matthew is saying is that Jesus is the Son of God. And he's speaking that this Jesus is not just a human being like us, but he is God. He is full deity. And this is important because everything that has been talked about thus far, that Jesus is the king, that Jesus is the one who is supposed to fulfill everything in the Old Testament, that he is the one who is supposed to save is useless unless we understand and believe that Jesus is God. This is a big statement that Matthew is making. And it's an important statement. And so with all of this, Leading up to our passage for tonight threatens the kingship of Herod. Herod gets word of this Jesus, this baby, and he goes into panic mode. And so our text today is Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 16. And listen to what Herod has done. Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard from Ramah, 
weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be counseled because they are no more. Yes, I understand this is not a typical Christmas Eve passage. But we see there's some craziness happening in the world that Jesus has entered. Just like we are living in worlds where there's a lot of craziness going on. And I can't imagine being in Bethlehem at this time with a little boy who's under two and seeing the government come to kill him just to protect the kingship of Herod. And on the surface of this, this is a sad, evil, wicked story. So why did we pick this for Christmas Eve? Well, first it goes along with our study as we are in Matthew, and it just so happens to fall on this passage tonight. But in light of this, I believe that there is great hope. As we read this, we see wickedness, we see evil, we see this craziness of this world that Jesus is brought into. But let me tell you this. This craziness is not necessarily from Herod. This craziness isn't based on anything else going on. And if we step into our day, this craziness of this world isn't necessarily because of who's in government or because of political issues or social issues or things happening in our life. The craziness of this world is because of sin. Sin has tainted this world and it has tainted us. There is sin in my life and there is sin in your life. And it's because of sin that we see nations being divided. It's because of sin where we see families being divided. It's because of sin that we experience hurt and pain. See, sin is the real issue here. And Jesus, the Son of God, was born into a world full of sin. And so Jesus, being born in this world of sin, he understands the depth of sin. And we see the depth and depravity of sin here in Herod, who is willingly wanting to kill babies. And this shows the depth of sin that is in this world. And I would guess that while we may not go to this extreme that Herod did, there are things that we will do to cover up things. There are lies that we will tell. There are things that we will steal. There will 
There is pride in us. There is sin in our lives. And what this verse shows is the depth of how much sin that there can be. This is a crazy world that Jesus was born into. It doesn't stop there. For this quote that we have, Matthew is quoting Jeremiah. Jeremiah is an interesting book. He is known as the weeping prophet. And this would be a pretty hard job because essentially Jeremiah's message is to Israel, because of your sin, Babylon is going to come and take you captive and destroy Jerusalem, their city. That's a hard message to preach. But yet Jeremiah is faithful. And so imagine being in Israel and hearing this message that this city is going to come and take you and bring you into captive. I can imagine that they're saying to one another, this is a crazy world we're living in. But yet, out of this craziness, even before Jesus, and once again, it's not because of Babylon that this is a crazy world, but it's because of their sin and disobedience to God, that they are willing to worship other gods besides the true God of Israel. And it's because of sin. It's a crazy world. But we get this wonderful chapter, chapter 31. This is the chapter that Matthew quotes, specifically verse 15. And I just want to read verses 1 through 17 and listen to these words of hope. Because what Matthew does and what Jeremiah does is acknowledges that this is a crazy world full of sin, yet they don't leave us without any hope. And this passage, this chapter is full of hope. And so listen to these words of Jeremiah 31. At that time, this is the Lord's declaration. Listen to all the first pronouns of eyes. I, Lord speaking, will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. The people who survived the sword found favor in the wilderness when Israel went to find rest. The Lord appeared to him from afar. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued to extend faithful love to you. Again, I will build you so that you will be rebuilt, virgin Israel. You will take up your tambourines again and go out in joyful dancing. You will plant vineyards again on the mountains of Samaria. The planters will plant and will enjoy the fruit. For there will be a day when watchmen will call out in the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go to Zion, to the Lord our God. For this is what the Lord says, Sing with joy, for Jacob shout for the foremost of the nations. Proclaim praise and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Watch, I am bringing, or I am going to bring them from the northern land. I will gather them from remote regions of the earth. The blind and the lame will be with them, along with those who are pregnant and those about to give birth. They will return here as great assembly. They will come weeping, but I will bring them back with consolation. I will lead them to Wadis filled with water. 
by a smooth way where they will not stumble. For I am the Israel's father, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Nations, hear the word of the Lord and tell it among the far off coast and islands. Say, the one who scattered Israel will gather him. He will watch over him as a shepherd guards his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the power of the strong and then he. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will be radiant with joy because of the Lord's goodness, because of the grain of the new wine and fresh oil, and because of the young of the flocks and herds. Their life will be like irrigated gardens, and they will no longer grow weak from hunger. Then the young women will rejoice in dancing, while young and old men rejoice together. I will turn their mourning into joy, give them consolation, and bring happiness out of grief. I will refresh the priest with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness. This is the Lord's decoration. This is what the Lord says. A voice was heard in Ramah, a lament with bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. This is what the Lord says. Keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for the reward of your work will come. This is the Lord's declaration, and your children will return from their enemy's land. There is hope for your future. This is the Lord's declaration. What a wonderful chapter. And this is the chapter that Matthew has in context, that this hope. And you realize the only one that can do this is the Lord God. We see that Jesus is God. He is our hope. So while we live in a crazy world, a world that is bent on sin, There is sin in our lives. There is sin in my life. We can have hope in Jesus who has come to bring Israel back, to save His people from their sins. Now, who is this Israel? Because if you're like me, I am a Gentile. I'm not Jewish. And so why does this Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah, who's speaking to Israel, how does that have anything to do with me here, a Gentile? Well, this is the question that Matthew has set out from chapter 1, answering who is true Israel. And his answer is, anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, both Jew and Gentile, This is wonderful news that we can have hope in months, this craziness. We have hope that Jesus has come and he is the true king of Israel. So I understand that while we may try to find functional saviors, whether it's things that 
help us escape from the craziness of this world, or maybe it's things that we wanted to continue engaging in. In reality, those are just gauze trying to bandage a bullet wound. It may stop or slow down the bleeding a little bit, but in reality, we need more than just a gauze to fix bullet wound. And so instead of escaping to other functional saviors or pressing in harder to things that we think we can control, may we understand and see Jesus who is fully God. And He's the Son of God. He is the only one who can save. He is the only hope for this crazy world. He is the only hope for us, for you, and for me. And so this Christmas, may we remember that Jesus, He came, He entered into a crazy world. He understands the sin that this world holds. From the moment He was born, He wasn't born in a palace He was born in a stable amongst animals. Instead of growing up and living in a nice house, he was on the run from Herod. As he grew up, we know that people desired to kill him. He was tempted by sin, betrayed by friends, to the point where he was crucified and died upon a cross. He loves his people. And he knew this is the only solution for this crazy world that is full of sin. So if you don't know this Jesus, come talk with me after. I would love to talk with you. Scripture says, whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they will be saved. And there is no better present that you can receive this Christmas than that of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So if you want to pray with someone, you can talk with myself, Mark, there's other elders here, someone who brought you. We love to pray with you, talk with you more. But know that Jesus is our hope. And he is our Savior. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, into this crazy, sinful world. We're thankful that he was perfectly obedient and lived a perfect, obedient life to you, even to the point of death, death on a cross, for our sake. So that while we are sinners, if we are in Christ, we are now blameless before you and holy. Father, we thank you for the present and gift of Jesus Christ. So that we can spend eternity with you forever and ever. Amen.